0: Welcome to where the big boys play welcome to 20 years of nitro as you probably could tell looking at the episode title this is a very special bonus episode uh special for me at least because uh if you've listened to the show at all you know what a big fan i am of uh today's guest someone that i had the opportunity to sit down and speak with a couple nights ago Uh, i'm talking of course about uh, Harold Hogue, aka Mi Smooth, aka Ice Train. Now, uh, if like I said, if you listened, you know how much I enjoy Ice Train. Uh, I just I, such a unique combination of like a, just a massive guy with huge arms who could toss people around, but also an incredible athlete. Uh, the vertical he gets on his standing senton, his standing splash are uh, you know it, very few guys are capable of anything like that. Let alone somebody who's you know, over 300 pounds of just muscle. Uh, so he's absolutely become one of my favorites, a guy whose potential was unlimited, but whom WCW just didn't really seem like they knew exactly what to do with him. Um, which is something he talks about in the interview. So I don't want to talk too much. I want to get right to the interview, but just a couple of thank yous to give out real quick. First would be of course to Harold Hogue, uh, Ice Train himself for agreeing to do the interview and just being really easy to, uh, to deal with and put this together. He seemed very excited he was very polite and and just very, very nice. Um, after we conducted the interview, it was actually him who texted me uh, first to say thank you, which was just such a nice follow-up. Made me realize how, how poor my manners are that I, I should have, of course, been the one to text him and say thank you first. But that's just the kind of guy he is, uh, so I thought that was really cool. Um, second thank you would be to friend of the show, Dave Penzer, former WCW ring announcer, who saw me say on Twitter, how much I would love to interview Ice Train, uh, and he facilitated that. He put us in touch, uh, which was really kind of him uh, just to see that. And, to, you know, we just spoke recently when I interviewed him last week. Uh, so it was really kind of him to see that and to go above and beyond and, and help this to happen. And lastly, to a longtime listener, Danny Myers, uh, who uh, is always kind of he's given me some advice in the past on audio stuff on on helping things with the show sound a little cleaner audio-wise, uh, and as you'll hear, this was the first time I'd recorded where I was uh, using Skype to call a cell phone, and so the audio wasn't always super great, Danny helped me uh, improve the audio, uh, there's times where it's still a little scrambly uh, when Ice Train's speaking, but I, for the most part, I, I think it's pretty good, or we, we certainly improved it a lot. Um, I did cut out just a couple of very, very small sections, like you know half a sentence or two, where Where you couldn't understand what Ice Train said, so I'd cut it out and just find a, you know, way to pick it back up on his next sentence so that things still make sense. But other than that, this is my full, unfiltered interview with the man himself, Ice Train. Well, joining me today on 20 Years of Nitro, uh, listeners to this show will know this is a really special uh, guest for us, somebody that I, I've talked about uh, being a big fan of really since our show started. We have with us today Ice Train. Ice Train, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks. Glad to be here.
0: So let's, uh, I thought, you know, it'd be interesting for the, the listeners who have watched you on, on episodes of Nitro to kind of know sort of the backstory of your career. Uh, I'm curious, where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. I attended St. Mark DePortis High School in Detroit. Went to Michigan coming out of college. Transferred to Central State, Ohio, in Wilberforce, Ohio. So I'm a Detroit boy.
0: <laughs> now, were you a high school and college
1: athlete? Yes, I was. I played football. I ran track. I actually, was um, I had a 22 in the 200 meters. You can believe that. I, I used oh, to man. run the 200 oh. meters. Never threw the shot put.
0: So coming from that area uh, Were the Steiners Somebody that you were familiar with Prior to wrestling
1: No but I'm really familiar with them now Because uh, Rick Steiner's son Is uh, getting ready for the NFL draft And he works out at my gym He's just a wonderful kid And kind of got to know Rick A little bit better um, Even after wrestling So um, look out for little um, Little Rick Steiner in the next couple of days, getting drafted from the NFL. I actually saw Scotty two weeks ago too. So, was, you know, we live on the same side of town. Actually, in Georgia, we live in the Woodstock, Canton, Georgia area. Oh, that's
0: cool. So you you do uh, college football, then college ends, and and what gets you into the wrestling business?
1: Well, when I got out of college, I got a call from the CFL, the Ottawa Rough Riders, and the Cincinnati Bengals. One time in my life, I wanted to be the world's strongest man. When I came out of college, I had about a six twenty-five bench press. And at mm. the time, the world's record was a six sixty-one by um by um my buddy, um, uh, what's his name? Oh my god, I can't believe it. Um oh my goodness, give me one second. What is his name? He is the godfather of strength and conditioning out of Auburn, Georgia. He used to wrestle. Um, oh, my goodness. Oh, man, what was his name? Um, I'll get back with his name, but um, he was um, officially the world's strongest man before, and he was my hero. His name is on the tip of my tongue. I cannot believe. Um, he actually wrestled for WCW also. Um, as the world's strongest man, but I came out, I was benching 625. I was really into my powerlifting and just rolls And Arn Anderson saw me in the gym up in Indianapolis, city out mm-hmm. And Pistol Pants, Pistol Pants Wiley saw me squat like, I was doing like 850 squat in the bucket for like nine times. And, um, and I was, and I could dunk the basketball. So, hmm. next thing I know, Paz Wiley asked me to come to Atlanta. And I met Dusty Rose. And Dusty Rose introduced me to Jody Hamilton, the great Jody Hamilton. I've in the power plant for three years. And actually, when I first started, for the first two years, I had to wrestle with a torn ACL. And that was my rookie year. I wrestled with a torn ACL for a whole year.
0: Wow. And it
1: was hard. Um, but they called me out to dugout and I had to make the call, so I never got to move good. It was a tough two years of working. And then I went to Europe. And that's when I really got to know my craft. Invader sent me over to Germany to work for Autobot.
0: So that would be, is that after you? So you'd kind of premiered at WCW in 93 and you had some matches. I remember there was uh, Ron Simmons at Starcade. Uh, so then, after that is when you went to Germany for the first
1: time. Yes, and I went over to Germany. Eric Bischoff said, "Hey, you go over to Germany. Let's learn this craft." Because my thing is, I was so strong at the time. I really didn't want to hurt anybody. I, mm-hmm. I was stiff, people. I could just, I just have you and hurt you because I was really, I was, I was stiff, but I didn't know the business. Um, I didn't get to develop. It was like at that time, WCW was going through so much stuff. At that time, ten Tim, with all the racial lawsuits and everything's going through so much. So if you were a black guy, they just put you on TV, and they really didn't develop your talent. And um, but Black Bullock had taught me a lot. And actually, they took me to Germany. Fired Ron Simmons, and that's when he went to. Um, that's when he went to WWE. And I learned a lot, and, and the thing. But I never felt I never was treated bad in WCW. my best friend was BDP, and WCW always treated me good, especially financially. I tell you that. But uh, they treated me good. They allowed me to come back and work on my craft. And then that's when Fire nights developed. And at that time, I just didn't really want to tag team further. And because me and Norton never got a chance to match, it was kind of like the same thing they did. With Ron Simmons, and just put us together instead of letting us sit down and meet, get to know each other. It was it was a work. It was like the Steiner brothers are real brothers. Harlem Heat are really brothers. Most tag teams that get together, they have to have a relationship because it has to be they have to be on the same same page. And and I was a great athlete, especially when I came back with Larry Sabisco. Matter of fact, he put me in the top 10 for the next future. But the WCW just didn't know what to do with me. I was walking around 350, could leap drive Hell, they didn't know what to do with me. And they didn't really have a developmental spot. So they wouldn't like Vince, where Vince can take anything and make you look good. But Mm -hmm. I had no hard feelings about WCW. Eric Bischoff was good to me. I had tag partner, Scott Norton. You know, and we just, we, instead of us getting to know each other, we could have went out there and just smashed people. I tell everybody all the time, there ain't been a more stronger in the world tag team than me Scott Norton because we both had legit 650-pound bench press. And I mean in the power of the USA, not anybody talking in the gym. There were There's never been a tag team stronger than Fire I
0: I believe that. <laughs> I completely believe that. It seemed like, uh, you know, if if there wasn't a lot of thought put into putting you guys together, it seems like there there wasn't a lot of thought in the breakup either, because you guys broke up really quickly. Where I think that team, if they had let it last longer, it could have been really cool.
1: You know what? I I'm gonna take I'm gonna take part of that blame because at that time I didn't know Norton. Norton didn't know me. We didn't connect, but I believe if we were connected, I would have got to know him. He would have got to know me. I believe that we, we we were so believable. I mean, we handled the Stiders better than anybody ever. You go back and you look at those matches, and you watch the Stiders against other teams, and then you watch them against Fire Knights, there's no way in the world that Fire Knights team should have broke up that quick because those were some good matches. And we brought it to the Steiners. You can't talk about Ming and Barbarian. We brought it to Rick and Scott. Where did the
0: uh, Where did the name Ice Train come from?
1: You know what? I was telling my wife last night. I said I don't know where in the world WCW ever they never had a developmental program. I don't know. I believe it's it's actually a train in Europe, but mm-hmm. I actually had the name before Tim. Ice and Gas in Europe, and it was just the name. And I'll be honest with you, I've been doing shows. I've been going overseas to Germany, Holland, and I'll tell you, I I'll be honest with you, I cannot believe people still like that character because I've been training, <laughs> I've been trying to shake Ice Train for a long time. I am telling you. I cannot get rid of that name to save my life. I have tried to <laughs> do the Am I Smooth and I could not shake that name. I'm telling you, I've been trying to get rid of Ice Train for over 20 years.
0: So that's just something where you come in one day and they say, "Hey, you're going to be on TV, and your name is going to be Ice Train," and you just say, "Yes, sir," and go out and and do it.
1: No, I I gave them the name.
0: Oh, just you did. Okay. By-
1: and, but Dusty Rose like my my swag, and Dusty wanted me to be like him and Thunderbolt Patterson. But they just pushed that big man gimmick. When Only Anderson had the book, Tim, you can go deeper. I remember I was wrestling Stone Cold and Brian Pillman, rest his soul. And Only didn't want me to sell anything. I could see Austin running out to rain. He probably still mad at me to this day. But when Only had the book, Oli pushed me. Ole didn't say, Oli said, listen, if the fans are clapping for you, that's all I care about. I don't want you to sell anything. That's going to come in 10 years. Oli would go out there and say, you just destroy everybody. If they don't like you, it's okay. And that's when ice Train was getting over. But when Oli lost his job, they wanted to turn a guy who had never wrestled. I mean, I mean, not, not pro wrestling, into a worker instead mm-hmm. of saying two clotheslines and get rid of the match and build the character up. They didn't do that. That started in 92, Tim. Really? Before, yeah, it started in 92. Yes, it is. 92, only Anderson had the book and would allow me to just go out there and, I mean, they would be two-minute matches, and that's all him and Jesse Ventura thought I should have. Why is he working six minutes? Why is mm-hmm. he working three minutes? Three clotheslines, a power slam, and one, two, three, and smile and get out the ring. Yeah, that's... And that and then they got new people in there. Oh, no. Instead of developing me, they just... Man, if it worked and people cheered, they just went a whole other avenue with it. So, you know, it, it's, it was a long road, but it was 10 years of just making money and you sit at home for six or seven months and go overseas and work and still getting checks from two different places.
0: I'm curious, There's you have a unique set of mannerisms in the ring where you're always kind of moving uh, and you mentioned that they kind of told you to be like Dusty. Was that sort of the inspiration for the way you sort of are always kind of in motion, almost like a sort of like a cat-like movement in the ring?
1: You know, Dusty Rose was my hero. Him. Paz Wiley, Junkyard Dog, and Jimmy the Boogeyman Ballet. I just love how they handled themselves in the rain. And they and um and they didn't push petty. You know, I just love to move, jump, move, dance on my toes because it just separated me from being another big guy. And that's exactly. what I wanted to be. And they just did me know what to do with that, or mm-hmm. at that time, it was like, pay you 300000 just go home and lift some weight. Mm-hmm. and then finally, when me and Chris Canyon got to work, they got to see my talent and my and my athletic ability, me and Canyon had about two months of classic matches, and Chris, been, God rest his soul, and I pray for his forgiveness, but Chris Benoit, I had a match with him on Nitro. The people were like, oh, my God. I, if you put me out there with another big guy, it was just going to look like two big guys. But mm-hmm. if you put me out there with another guy like Benoit or Chris Canyon or Eddie Guerrero, it was going to be, you was going to see my strength, my athleticism, and some character all in the same time. I just It was tough to, to push me. It really was. And I had great matches with DDP, too. I thought me and Dallas had some good matches, too.
0: Yeah, you guys did have a very good Nitro match that I liked a lot.
1: You know, if if a guy can move and, and it was an athlete, I was
0: good to go. When you and Scott Norton had the blow-off match at Sturgis, uh, what was it like wrestling there in outdoors in front of all those bikers?
1: You know, I had a lot of love in Sturgis. Um, the Macho Man came up to me and said, you know what? You sold the hell out of your arm being broke. And when Randy Savage came to me and told me he liked my match, you meant a lot. He said, because you sold the broken arm. I thought your arm was really hurt by the Giant, Because you would go back. You And I was just coming into my own, but nobody built that up. It was like, oh, oh, that match was blah, blah, blah. You got one guy out there working with 25-inch biceps, Scott Norton. You have another guy with ice train working with one arm and I'm power slam him. I go back to sell they great evening and surges and I really enjoyed the match. If they were to build up from there, but they, they never did. If you go back over that match, you'd be like, Damn, that dude worked with one arm and act like his arm was really hurting. Mm-hmm. It was a and Randy Savage brought it to me, he said, Hey, That was good, but they won't do anything with it, and they didn't. They say, you know, I'm pinning Norton with a a one-hour moving, and we broke up, and I thought if we broke up for that one night and got back together, I thought the fans would even love it more, but they didn't. Norton went to NWO and did his NWO thing, but he never became a champion like he should have, And, and he's tagged with Bagwell. It was fun, but Scott Norton was a monster, you know, and he needs to be demonstrated as a monster, but that's just not what they did. And I love Norton to this day because I believe that we could have did some really, really good stuff together. We're just in a bad time.
0: Did you ever think when the NWO stuff started being popular, did you ever think you know that you should walk into Eric's office and try to pitch adding you to the group because you know then you could maybe get on those coattails and, and have su- some success as a member of the NWO?
1: I never I never was an ass kisser.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When, no, let me be honest with you. In 2000, Eric Bischoff and Jimmy Hart tucked me in the back room, and Eric says, he watched my match, he looked at my, he says, you're ready. This was like in 2000. He says, you are ready for your first push. I'm going to pay you, I need you to go home, I'm going to take over Fuchsia, and I'm going to give you a push. This was in New Orleans. And... And the next thing I know, Eric is no longer with the company. Mm -hmm. My push went out the window the day Eric left. And then they threw me with Canyon, but they never thought it was going to be that good. And, you know, when I took those, I took about nine cheer shots one day. And I just thought it was a part of the job And the next day. NAACP call. I knew what I was getting into in wrestling. I'm going to tell WCW was good to me. Eric Bischoff was great to me. And I just thought I was still young. So my push is coming. I'm never thinking this company is closing. I got Mm -hmm. a good, long contract and and all you got to do is push me and put me with the right person. I felt that I could run a program. And at that time, Tim, it never, ever came. And when I had a chance to go to Vince, I had turned Vince down twice because I had believed in WCW, Tim, and I just never jumped ship. I was like, okay, God, this is my run. I went back to my personal training. Matter of fact, I had tore my pack one day, and I had to go to Germany the next day. And I had got my bench back up to seven hundred pounds and I started my power lifting again and and that was it. And I didn't want to wrestle anymore because I just felt like it was so much of a roller coaster and I wasn't willing to change my body with enhancement drugs. Now I could have died, but I thought when I was at my smooth at three hundred and fifty pounds, that was a legit natural three hundred and fifty pounds. You could watch the matches with Canyon, and they were good. And and I was and I was drug free. I didn't believe that I needed to take Roy's because I was stronger than any damn body in wrestling. I just was like, hey, this is who I am, and this is who I'm going to be, and this is what I'm going to do. And that's how I felt, Tim.
0: So going back to something you said earlier, um, you know, there was the run as Ice Train, and then by kind of I think the end of 97 – you're gone for a few years. You spend a lot of that time in Germany, but we don't really see you until 2000 or late 99. I forget exactly when Mi Smooth shows up. The yep. the whole time between those, you know, where you're off TV before you come back as Mi Smooth, were you still getting paid by WCW during that whole time?
1: Yeah.
0: Wow, that's that's not a bad gig. Stay home, lift weights, get a check.
1: No, no, I was in, I was in Germany beating the hell out of jBL at 95 <laughs> gotcha. i went to, I went to Germany beat up jBL and I was working with pN news and Otto allowed all of allowed me to be who I was in Germany Tim mm-hmm. he he allowed me to to grow he felt that you find me a 350 pounder and move like you in wCw and it's only 20 some years old then I'm I'm gonna kiss your butt. And all of had that confidence in me where I believed in who I was and sitting at home I would be in Germany, go to Holland, go to Amsterdam, go to Graz. And I got to work with some great ones. Tony St. Clair, um even Finley, um I mean just Danny Collins. Oh my goodness, the talent was just phenomenal, the European talent. And I just loved it in Europe because I only made like two grand a week over there, but, man, I got to enjoy my life and work with men, and it wasn't all about the politics. It was just about, hey, let's go out here, put on a good show. You work your style, and I work my style.
0: Now, those matches, they use kind of a unique format that I don't think Americans are used to where there's, there's like, uh, timed rounds. Is that right? That is correct. Did you like working that style as opposed to the American style or, or was it either way was
1: fine with you? You know, in Germany, it was kinda like Japan really stiff. So I liked it when I can just go out there and I hit you with a nice clothesline and you sell it. In America you get hit with five clotheslines, drop kicks, and you know, it it's kinda kinda entertainment over there. The belief was much better, Tim. The mm-hmm. belief was like, "Man, I'm about to knock your brains off," and that's how it was.
0: <laughs> Did you ever think about going over to Japan? Because it kind of seems like your mentality and your size could have got really, it, it could have got really over in Japan. I'm sort of surprised that you never worked over there.
1: You know, I had the opportunity to go to Japan, and I'll be honest with you, I thought I should have been in Japan with Fire and Ice. To be honest with you but mm-hmm. i don't I don't think at that time japan was ready for me. That's what I'm gonna say. I don't think they were ready for me, but I was ready for them and um the guys who were over in japan um I was ready to go to Japan. I thought I really fit Japan really good. To work out there, make my stuff look believable. Had the same style as Norton, but um, it was my—I guess I was more fit for Holland, Germany, Austria, Denmark. But I never went to Japan, and I mean, um, I never went to Japan. I thought I would really do well in Japan, Tim, and Japan never came about. Mm-hmm. And Sunny Ona Sonny Owner thought I just never wanted to go to Japan. I was like, not gonna beg anybody to go to Japan. <laughs> um, but sure I would have went, but I don't you know, I don't count I'm not gonna cry about spoiled eggs. Those times in WCW were just a blessing. It was fun. It has made me so much money outside the ring because for some kind of way I got this little weird following man and it just keeps me going on. And I'm 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 not and I'm not sad about it either. I just I think it was a great, great opportunity. And I loved it, man. I love working with Bagwell. I love working with Dallas. I love working with Stevie Ray and Booker T. I love working with some of the guys that I worked with. Lex Luger. You know, Steve Regal. I mean, it was three times they wanted to drop the belt on me and and I think they kind of did the bad matches where I should have just went out there. If I was in Germany, I would have pinned Darren Regal in two minutes. So why am I having a 10-minute match with him, 20-minute match with him in America? Mm-hmm. So it was, it was just some opportunities that I think they wanted to give me. But I just think sometimes they think I was moody and arrogant and... I wasn't. I just was like, I'm not about to sit up here and brown those with you to get to where I got to go. If I got to talk to you and shake your hands 80 times, no. But if you want to base it upon, you know what, I think I can push this kid and let's really get it together, I'm with you all day long. And, you know, that's what I liked about I just wanted to be a man's man. I just didn't want to have to sit up here and be your friend and kiss your ass. I wasn't doing it, but I have no no doubt that maybe if I would have understood the politics side, like you said, a little bit better, I could have got a little bit more success, but the man I am, it worked out the way it should have worked out, Tim, because when I talk to people now, like Penzer, and I do my interviews, you know, people are like, man, I like you, so <laughs> that's just how it was. <laughs> And and if you didn't like me, that would want you, too. You know? So that's why I I love pro wrestling. It is what it is.
0: Now, after WCW folded, uh, from what I can find on the internet, and let me know if any of this is wrong, but it seems like you you took a long time away. And then last year, I see that you had a match. Was that your first match back since, since WCW had collapsed?
1: Yeah, I went to Germany for the first time in 20 years. And um, when I showed up, they was like, "Oh my God, you're not supposed to look like you just walked out to And I look i thought I looked better than Ice Train. I looked pretty good when I got to Germany. I really you, did. Yeah,
0: you look—you look lean. You still look massive with muscles, but you're a lot leaner nowadays. You look—you don't look like you've missed a day. It's crazy.
1: And I and I enjoyed. Dave was like, Dave Tanner was like, "Listen, Train, I just watched you work out today." That's really sick. Um, we're going to do this and do. It. We had a great match. The people loved it, and I actually was going over. I was actually wrestling WrestleMania weekend um, for a group in um, Florida, and and they was like, "Man, you, this is unbelievable." I, I just took care of my body, you know, like mm-hmm. right now. Care of my did my curls. Like I won't go past like. 600 on the bench. I go like reps maybe, 225 for like 60 reps. But I'm into this curl thing in the deadlifts now where I want to curl 350 pounds where I just stand up there, bam, curl it. 54 years old, it's just what I do. I train with my sons. They keep me young, and they keep me at it and everything, and they just make me work out. I just love to work out. I kind of took care of my little finances. And I just love to work out. And whoever wants me to come sign an autograph, I do it. And I just love, man, pro wrestling was great to me. No matter how I I loved it. I had a chance. I think the only ball I dropped is when Hulk Hogan tried to get to, to mentor me. I didn't trust him, and I should have opened up to him. That's the only person I'm going to say that I should have opened up to Yeah.
0: Interesting. But, what... Trust- what year did he approach you to to mentor you?
1: Oh, let me see. We were doing videos in 95, my rookie year, when he first got there. No, I was okay. with Fire Night, and I should have really, really, I should have opened up to Hogan and said, hey, man, can you help? He stuck his hand out there three times, and I thought, you know what? I didn't trust him because I heard so many rumors. And I believe they just hated on the relationship that I could have had with Hogan. Because mm-hmm. if I would have talked to him, I think he would have really helped my career out.
0: Well, when wrestling uh, is back after all this uh, coronavirus stuff is done, do you think you'll you'll maybe make it there to a WrestleMania weekend? Will we see you in the ring again?
1: I'm going to tell you like this. What I'm going to do, I'll be, I'm sick of all the people in wrestling say they did this how strong they were, how much they did this. I'm going to challenge a couple people. And if they beat me, I'll walk out of wrestling. But if I lose, I'm going to ask Vince to give me one little action, um, WWE. That's what I'm going to ask for.
0: <laughs> I'd love to see you in there.
1: I, I want to challenge some guys, um, you know, and if, and if Vince takes these fit we're going to put it together. we will put it together. And I, I, I love it. It's been great to me, Tim. It really has.
0: All right. Well, we look forward to seeing everything you've got coming in the future, whether that's uh, on the Indies or in WWE or, or just wherever we can see you back in the ring because you're just a lot of fun to watch. And, and uh, I truly am a big fan. So thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Tim, thank you so much. Have a great evening, man. Tell all the fans out there, I said, choo-choo, and have a great evening. And stay safe out there. The crazy time we right there.
0: You too, man. Okay, bye-bye. Bye now. listening to my interview with Ice Train. I was incredibly nervous, as you could probably tell. (laughs) Sometimes my questions were just like the first thing that came to my head because I was just so nervous of uh, embarrassing myself in front of someone who I I think is so cool. Um, But I I think it went really well. I had a lot of fun doing it. Hopefully it's not the last time that I talk to a WCW star right here where the big boys play. Uh, And I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did because I really just had a blast. I was... All day, uh, even the day before when I had first just called Ice Train to set up a time, I was just texting Dave and a couple other of my friends who know how much I, I like uh, Ice Train and how much it would mean to me. Just, you know, saying how crazy it was that here I've got Ice Train as a contact to my phone now and that I was calling him and stuff. So I've been beaming ear to ear for like several days. Uh, it was hard to sit on this, um, but we had just released our worldwide episode, so I wanted to make sure to put a couple of days between episodes, but... Uh, I think, you know, we've been working really hard to give everyone as much bonus content as we can during quarantine. And, like, what better content could we have possibly come up with, uh, from my perspective at least, than to talk to Ice Train? It was so fun. Uh, I had a blast. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Next time you hear from us, we'll be right here when we review Sold Out. Uh, We are recording that in uh, three or four days from now, so I am very excited. I'm in the midst of doing my notes for that show think you guys are going to like hearing about it, and you can do so right here where the big boys play 20 Years of Nitro.